0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. T-Wolves beat the Sixers 112-99. They moved to 7-0 at home. I got Wolves expert, Tyler Metcalf. He's going to help me break it all down, and it's all coming up next on the Locked On Wolves postcast. You are Locked On Wolves Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wolves take care of business tonight versus the 76ers. They move to 11 and 3 on the season. They stay undefeated at home. What's happening, everyone? Back in the lab, back at it with another T Wolves postcast episode right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's the man, Tyler Metcalf. He's on Twitter, at Team Metcalf11. Tyler, before we jump into all the action, quick reminder, tonight's episode brought to us by eBay Motors. For parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay's guaranteed fit at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, brother, let's jump right into this one. Wolves come in. Second best record percentage in the NBA behind only Boston. Meanwhile, Sixers lose last night in OT to Cleveland. So they come in with the third best percentage in the league, but they're without the MVP, Joel Embiid sat this one out due to some general soreness. He played 41 minutes last night and you knew that was obviously going to play a a huge factor in this one. As we saw the Vegas line, it went from Wolves by two then a half and three and a half then all the way up to seven and a half right before tip off. Still though, even without Embiid, man 76ers, you knew still had plenty of firepower to give you some issues. Tyrese Maxey, He's averaging 27 points per game heading in. So even on the heels of a back-to-back and coming off a tough loss in OT, no less, you knew this was going to be far from a givey. You had the sense this one could have potential trap game written all over it. They take care of business though. Once again, tonight, stay red hot. Give me your big general takeaways from this one. Just to start before we get into all the individual stuff, like what's your big storyline or two from the Wolves 13 point victory over the Sixers tonight as they move to 11
1: and three. I mean, I feel like we've talked about it on a few of these episodes now, but last year, this is probably a game. They somehow find a way to throw away. Correct, and They, they don't, you know, they they somehow let Tyrese Maxey get in a groove early and he goes off for fifty. We've seen him do that already this season. He's playing incredible basketball. It they did look like they retired. It's understandable. OT game last night, um, back to back, all of that kind of stuff, similar kind of vein to what the Timberwolves had in Phoenix, but that's how the schedule goes sometimes. And you play who's in front of you, and tonight it was just an absolute domination and mismatch in terms of size uh, for the Timberwolves and they really imposed their presence they really imposed their physicality from the very first possession where Cat threw a little pick and roll lob to Rudy Gobert to start off the game and from that point it's kind of like oh boy this could kind of get ugly and it was like that for most of the game there's a little hiccup to start the second quarter where they came out super flat but this could have really easily been a game where the 76ers exposed the Timberwolves size and they have that five out system and really kind of manipulate and toy with, um, you know, not the perimeter oriented Rudy Gobert and, you know, sometimes Carl Anthony Towns, but they held their own. They played really good team defense and they came out with a, you know, pretty big blowout win.
0: Yeah. I think you said
1: it best, man. I mean,
0: once everybody heard Joel beads out, Everybody just kind of thought back to last year's T-Wolves team and just that muscle memory of like, hey, don't overlook this team, man. And even without him, which can't be overlooked, Mm -hmm. I got to say it was fun to sit down and just watch one of the best teams from the East, and that's a team, man, who you know very well that that plays everyone tough no matter who's in the lineup, night in, night out. They're aggressive, hard-charging type of team, so you knew it wasn't going to be easy tonight even with the MVP shelved. And uh, by the way, just real quick – That's the first time I've really sat down and watched Tyrese Maxey. And I got to say, I know the box score. You're going to look at it in the morning and say he only had 16 points. But dude can ball, man. His energy level is something else. 47 minutes in the overtime game last night. He comes out tonight, man. Just a spark plug. I mean, leads the NBA in minutes per game. He's just an absolute stick of lightning. What's your quick two cents on that man who apparently is an
1: early favorite for most improved player? Yeah. And he's looking like an all-star this year. And yeah. honestly, the biggest beneficiary of James Harden leaving because all of those minutes opened up, all of that offensive creation opened up. Um, and he's been shooting like 42% from three for the last three years now. So it's, his shot is very real. And Timberwolves were lucky enough to kind of catch him on a down night where he went 0 for five um, freakish speed going to be one of the best scores in the East for a while now. So rough night for him understandable on a back-to-back but Timberwolves made it really hard on him too yeah well
0: said and and I know the big storyline for the Wolves coming in Jaden McDaniels right he left the first quarter Monday night update is grade 1 sprain which is the least severe so that's good news. He's still going to be out 2 to 3 weeks, reevaluated in 1 week just to see how he's progressing. Um first it was the hammy right right out the gate. Now it's the ankle. So hopefully this isn't like a a trend for the future, but how would you grade the Wolves in their first game without him in a while? And 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 what would you want to see them accomplish I guess in his absence? Like who's got to be the one or two guys to step up without him?
1: Yeah and The easy answer is Nikhil, um, with that point of attack defense and that ability to kind of get over screens. We saw it, uh, in their last game, right. When Jaden went down, Nikhil did an awesome job of really being a pest on ball, really getting over those screens, making life really difficult for Jalen Brunson. And he did a really similar thing tonight with Tyrese Maxey. Um, so that ability to kind of substitute Jaden's freneticness, um, on ball defense, his ability to navigate screens, uh, not I don't want to say seamlessly because that undercuts what how good Jaden is but there's you know Nikhil does a really good job of kind of filling that gap and then the what what makes Jaden so special and so valuable is that when he goes to the bench Nikhil is the one who then fills into that role and now it was like okay well when Nikhil's not on the court who's really stepping up point of attack wise. And I thought Mike Conley was really good tonight on defense. Um, His gap help, his uh, off ball defense, his ability to kind of bait ball handlers into sloppy turnovers was really impressive. But then he was getting over screens really effectively. Anthony Edwards was getting over screens really effectively. And that makes life so much easier for the bigs and the help side defenders. So, if those guys can continue to bring that energy at the point of attack and defending ball handlers and not just dying on screens, um, like we've seen them do in the past, that's gonna be really, really important while Jaden is out. I'm so glad you gave a
0: shout out to Conley though, because I think the bar is just set so high now for him. It's just kind of like he gets overlooked a lot, yeah. overshadowed a lot by the big three, but obviously huge catalyst to their success as well. And and again. Obviously, a huge bummer for McDaniels. Can't say that enough, but I really try to look at it like an opportunity for other guys to get on the court, find a rhythm with him out. And and no, as you mentioned, first guy up in his absence when he went down Monday. So obviously, Coach Finch has a lot of confidence in him to kind of be that stopgap for now. And I think everyone's assuming he can be a solid defensive player. He showed that. But he's got to be willing to shoot the rocks, score some points when chances present themselves. Only seven points tonight. But four assists, five boards, a plus minus of almost 30, plus 30, which you obviously love to see. I'm just curious, what's his ceiling from what you've seen? Like, what's fans' realistic expectations supposed
1: to be like a year or two down the road for not I, I think it's that defensive first energy guy off the bench, kind of mm-hmm. what we honestly hope Josh Okogi would grow into. And, you know, a, a little, he's kind of grown into that a little bit in Phoenix. Um, but, a plus version of that. Uh, I, I think Nikhil is way more trustworthy on ball with the offensive creation. We've seen how valuable he is with his playmaking and ability to kind of get to the rim and then find uh, whether it's Cat or Gobert around the rim or kick out to shooters uh, like Nas or Ant or Jaden or Conley. Um, so I, I think that he brings a more a more offensive threat than Okogi did while he was here. Um, but I think that really similar chaotic, uh, frenetic point of attack defense that makes life really really difficult for opposing lead guards. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's ever going to be like a big time starter or anything, but a really reliable sixth or seventh man off the bench who, when guys get hurt, when guys get in foul trouble, can really effectively step up and take their place.
0: So nice to have that luxury, isn't it? Just coming off the bench like that. Or when a guy like McDaniels does go down for two, three weeks for him to just pop in and provide somewhat of a seamless transition for sure. Uh, Wolves have the second highest point differential in the second and third quarter this season. Everyone remembers last year. It was always the third quarter specifically that gave them fits. They win the third tonight, 34-30. I'm just curious. I don't even know if there's anything tangible that you can really put your hands on, but just in your eyes, what's the reason for the turnaround from last year to this year? Because it's been a huge reason for their success. And again, I'm talking about the third quarter specifically.
1: Yeah, and I, I think chemistry's a big factor in it. Um, obviously, health, uh, Carl being out basically all of last year doesn't help. Um, but Anthony Edwards just taking that step forward and maturing that just natural career progression where he continues to step into the role of being the guy. That's huge for them. And he's really taking over games. Big shooting night from him tonight five of nine from three we saw in the second quarter at the you know the first half of the second quarter where they kind of started coming back into the game and it got down to a one possession game um ant was out the entire time he comes back in they start building that lead back up and then in the third quarter they're not coming flat out or coming out flat on defense anymore they're The energy is there. The rebounding is there. The um, willingness to force turnovers and get out and run in transition is there. So it's just not taking their opponents for granted or assuming that these big leads are just going to stay there. They're doing a much better job of finishing games out and playing from start to finish. Uh, Well said there. I want to go
0: back just one game because the Wolves – Had 30 assists Monday night versus the Knicks. That tied their season high. 15 from starters, 15 from the bench, which shows the balance in this team right now. You love to see that. 28 more assists tonight. What's that kind of ball movement do for any team, really, when you're creating consistent good looks like that? And I guess, is there one or two guys specifically that you can say have been kind of the catalyst to that, or has it truly been a total team effort?
1: I think it's been a total team effort. Um, Anthony Edwards, his playmaking has taken a massive jump this year, and that willingness to kind of kick out instead of taking contested layup or contested mid-range pull-up over and over again and finding guys in the corner or, you know, throwing the occasional lob to Rudy even, that's been massive because when your lead guy, when, you know, the the all, all-star, all all-NBA level scorer is making those types of passes, it gets everyone engaged. And I think that's where we really see the kind of influence and maturity of a guy like Mike Conley and Kyle Anderson rubbing off on Ant because he's, consi- he's starting to consistently make the right play instead of just the highlight play, and that that just leads to winning basketball. It, it may not be as sexy, it may not be as exciting all the time. um Not to say Anthony Edwards hasn't been exciting because he's right, been right. incredible, but sometimes just making the simple decision is the right one. And that type of ball movement keeps everyone really involved. Um, everyone's on their toes. Everyone's able to get into a rhythm where if guys just go ISO all the time and guys aren't getting touches they check out on both ends of the floor and we haven't seen that happen this year
0: yeah a lot of good points there Wolves through 13 games have put up the fifth most assists in franchise history. So clearly moving the ball well right now. I mean, that goes without saying. But more importantly, like you mentioned, unlike last year, when they broke the record, by the way, or set the new record, I should say, this time they've actually got some real wins to show for it, which is nice. Um, All right, I want to ask you about this team, just how red hot they are, and just the bigger picture, how far they can go. But first, a quick word from our sponsors over at eBay Motors. Guys, eBay Motors, we've teamed up with them and Locked On Fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, and he's doing it all season long. Whether you're just looking for help in your best ball league or if you just need some help scouting the weekly waiver wire, Vinny and eBay Motors are here to help you find the players that fit your lineup each and every week with eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy Picks of the week. And it's all thanks to Vinny Iyer from Locked on Fantasy Football, who's going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors, who knows every championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Well, same goes for your vehicle with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly, and they got everything you need brake kits. LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it, and with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only,
2: exclusions apply. Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: All right. I said this the other night, but I mean, the old adage still rings true. You know, you've turned a corner as a franchise. When you start winning your home games consistently, the Wolves are doing that. And then some, they moved to seven and zero at home best record at home in the NBA. They just went four and one on that road trip that tied the best five game road trip in franchise history. And they're not just fluky wins here, Tyler either versus like bottom of the barrel teams, Denver, Boston, golden state, Miami. So, I mean, I'm trying to think here besides Milwaukee, who they haven't faced yet, the wolves have beaten all the best really in the business right now. So how good should wolves fans be feeling right now? Like just, how authentic have these wins been? How sustainable, I guess, do they look when you sit down and watch these games?
1: They feel very real. And it's not like they're shooting the lights out of the ball um, either, because uh, honestly, the shooting on this team hasn't been that impressive this season. But yet they keep pulling away with these big wins, these double-digit wins, um, undefeated at home, best start in franchise history, I believe. Um, the, the process is very real. I the, the results right now are incredible, but if they were just coming out here and, you know, playing offense like the Pacers, but also defense like the Pacers, I would be a little more skeptical that if they were 11 and three, um, just in absolute shootouts, because that's not going to translate. For 82 games and into the postseason. The fact that they're playing really cohesive and consistent defense at an extraordinarily high level. I know they've gotten some three point luck in there, but even if you, you know, people much smarter than me have, you know, balanced it out. And if it was more league average instead of being the best defense, there'd be like the fourth best defense. So it's all the process is very replicable on a nightly basis. We've seen it even on bad offensive nights this year. The defense shows up and they still win these games. So I, I think this is very, very real. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, the kids call him cat. I don't know if you knew
0: that he's playing the best basketball of his career. Is that fact or fiction? What's your two cents on how cats playing right now?
1: Um, Best team basketball. Yeah. I love that. Hey, I'll um, take that. I love that because I, when we go back and look at like his all NBA seasons, the individual numbers were outlandish. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was arguably the best offensive center in the league at that time. Um, The the offense has taken a step back, but we're starting to see him find his groove tonight. He was awesome at getting to the rim with, you know, not really having those offensive fouls, um, really imposing his size and ability to attack the rim and then space the floor after that. And he's also playing the best defense of his career. Um, He's moving his feet he's communicating he's rotating he's we saw him wall up um at the rim that then sparked that fast break uh layup for Nikhil. um so i think this is the best winning best best winning best team basketball that he's played of his career
0: yeah well said um they brought this up on the broadcast i just thought it was interesting i kind of just want your knee-jerk reaction are we getting to the point now where you're doing yourself a disservice by not having rudy and cat out on the floor together at the same time. Now, I mean, that pairing out on the court with Cat now finding his shot again right now, that's truly been lights out. 23 more points tonight for the big man.
1: Yeah, and they're two of the best bigs in the league right Mm now. Um, Cat, you know, like I just said, best defense he's played of his entire career. Mm -hmm. Obviously low bar, but still a really important improvement. And that was the biggest concern about pairing these two together. And we've seen that, cat has been willing to take a little bit more of a step back offensively to simplify his game and it's paying dividends. He's, The numbers he's still putting up are really impressive, and he's committing more energy and focus to the defensive end. Rudy's been incredible on defense all year, and again, taking a little bit of a step back on offense and being willing more to just clean stuff up around the rim. And that ability, that willingness to simplify his game, um, unlike last year where they were feeding him post-ups after post-ups and is like, what are we doing? Um, That willingness to... Get rid of that 95% of the time. That's huge. Um, and, the, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier with the ball movement, the fact that these guys are constantly touching the ball makes that willingness to simplify their game and take that step back a little easier to swallow.
0: And just to echo that point too, everyone, obviously myself included so quick to dismiss that pairing last year, but really unfair looking back. I mean, okay. Cat only played 29 games this year. You get the entirety of a full training camp and you can just see the mismatch. They pose together when they're out on the floor at the same time, both like you mentioned, offensively and defensively a lot of credit to both those guys from just a, I guess, maturity mindset to come mm-hmm. back and say, Hey, We're going to figure this thing out because we're just too talented not to make this thing work. Um, Speaking of Rudy, I always ask you about Rudy every show. How scary would he be if he could just knock down his free throws a little bit more consistently? Only one of two tonight, no big deal, but I don't have the stats in front of me. I wish I did, but it just feels like if he could do that a little bit more consistency uh, with more consistency at the line, teams would just be forced to play him less aggressively and that would open up more cleaner looks. Is that, a fair assessment, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's at 57% on the year, averaging 12 points. So okay. last year he was at like 64, year before that, 69, okay. historically in like the mid 60s. So that's one to two extra points a game. Yeah. So he's now he's up around 15 points a game. Um, he's knocking down 60 to 65 to 70% of his free throws. Then we eliminate all of that Go Bear stuff that we've seen pop up a couple times in some of these games when it gets close. That'd be huge. Um, and it's a real frustration with his game, um, with like it is with a lot of centers. But yeah, and if he was able to consistently knock down a decent clip, obviously we're not talking 80% here, sure. but a, like half, of, half to one full free throw extra that's a game, it. that's, that's it. huge. That's huge. Yeah, uh, good point there. A couple
0: more quickies to close right after a quick word from FanDuel. Quick reminder this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers, you're getting $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line wager. That means all you got to do is find the best money line bet you like. Wager $5, you win that bet, you're getting $150 in bonus bets back. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on all the action, the app. It's so easy to use, and they got everything you need. Money lines, parlays, prop bets, you name it, FanDuel's got it. They got everything you need to bet on the entire NBA season, and it's by far the easiest and simplest betting app to use. So go check it out for yourself. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Today, America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. All right, last couple before we wrap up here. Uh, they seem to survive and thrive through the nasty gauntlet of that schedule to open things up. They get three of their next four at home, Sacramento on deck, Memphis, Oklahoma City, Utah. kind of asked you this the other night, but which game are, are you most intrigued or excited about right now when you see these next three? Uh, three, I should say, four home games?
1: I S- Sacramento and Oklahoma City are the two big ones. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is playing out of his mind for Sacramento right now, so I'm really intrigued to see how they're able to deal with him. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, just that that offense is incredible right now, and he is playing, like I said, just at an like, arguably first team All NBA level. Uh, you can't go under screens with him anymore, he's shooting the crap out of the ball. Um, missing Jaden for that is really going to hurt and it'll be fascinating to see how they kind of piece together the coverage on him um and how much Anthony Edwards takes him on just because of the a- kind of athletic similarities there so that I think that'll be a really fascinating matchup and then the Thunder are playing some of the best basketball in the league right now uh Chet Holmgren is the real deal uh not a fluke uh not a you know just hot rookie start. This dude is for real and, you know, Minnesota native. So not, not, not unfamiliar to a lot of Timberwolves fans, but then Jalen Williams, Shea Gilchrist, Alexander, even got, you know, off ball shooters like Isaiah Joe, they, they pose a real, real threat. So it'll be interesting to see how, or if the Timberwolves can as effectively impose themselves physically uh, with their size advantage, like they did in the play in. it'll be really interesting because Chet is that good of a defender.
0: Yeah, can't wait to watch Chet in that game, Oklahoma City at home, and the Kings game, correct me if I'm wrong, that should have huge implications yep. on this in-season tournament thus far, right? I mean, what, what's your outlook for the Wolves thus far, as far as this in-season tournament goes? And I guess... Uh, on a scale of one to 10, how important is this tourney to you? Like, obviously it'd be great to win the whole thing just for morale and momentum and confidence and all the cliches. But is there any other reason I'm missing? Because I gotta be honest, man, I'm
1: still kind of confused
0: what the heck the NBA is doing with this thing, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, for an organization that has literally never won anything in its (laughs) entire history, it'd be cool. It'd be cool. We'll take it. We'll take it. You know, the, Finch and Conley are all about setting a culture and having, you know, and really abiding by that and bringing in guys who fit that culture. And I think being really competitive and going out and trying to win these games helps build that culture of winning matters. It doesn't matter what we're playing for. When we go out there, we're going to try and kick the crap out of whoever we're playing against. So I, I get the hesitations for it. Um, I'm a big soccer fan, so the the idea of an in-season tournament, kind of similar to the European soccer model, isn't unfamiliar to me. But the big difference between those is that, one, they've been happening for 100-plus years, so there's an incredible amount of tradition, whereas this is the inaugural, so it's like, what is this? And then some of their tournaments obviously go against teams from other leagues, so it's an event. It's something different. So I I think the NBA is trying to make these Events, I think the competition has been really good. I hope the Timberwolves continue to kind of throw a lot of effort and whatnot Mm -hmm. into it because they've been fun. And for a team that hasn't been at the top of winning stuff, it'd be cool to see them kind of at least be in the conversation um, for games that at least theoretically matter.
0: No, that's actually a good point. I'm sure once I actually just sit down and watch this in-season tournament, I'm sure it'll all start to click a little bit more. And again, if the Wolves keep winning, of course yeah. it's going to be fun and exciting as well. So that's something to look forward to as well. Last quick one. I always pick your brain about this, just what's going, around, uh, uh, what's going on around the rest of the league, I should say. I know we just talked Monday, but what's on your mind from like the last 48 hours around the NBA? What's kind of jumping out to you when you think about the Wolves and the West right now?
1: And the, the big one is OKC, and we're going to yeah. get to see them up close and personal um, in, in a couple of games here. Uh, they're, they're very for real. Um, they were everyone's kind of darling breakout pick at the start of the year, and they're living up to the hype. I, I think they're one of the best coach teams in the league. Shea Gilchrist Alexander is an MVP candidate. Chet Holmgren the rookie of the year right now. Obviously, a ton of basketball left to be played, but they have... 10 guys on that roster who just have an incredibly high IQ ton of versatility, really good positional size. They're the real deal. They're it. it, It's tough because young teams rarely play this well for all 82 games. Sure. But the, the way they're building that team with IQ and versatility is really impressive. So I, I, they, they've shown enough where it's like this could very easily be a top four seed come playoff time. I, I can't wait
0: for this Kings game just because of the implications for the in-season tournament. But, man, you're getting me jacked up for this <laughs> OKC game now as well. Definitely circling that one, putting that in my back pocket. Uh, well said. Great job tonight, as always. Just love picking your brain, man. You're an elite NBA mind. Wolves thump the Sixers one twelve ninety nine. Stay undefeated at home 7-0. They move to 11-3 on the season. Huge shout-out to everyone here that joined us on tonight's postcast. Rest assured, we'll be back each and every night, same time, same place, right here to break it all down. Quick reminder as well, go check out all of Tyler's work on Twitter, at Team Metcalf11. That's going to do it for us tonight, though. Wolves beat the 76ers. Next on deck, it is the Kings at home Friday, tip-off, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Join us again right here for the entire recap. Follow all our work as well over on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Network. And, of course, you got to go check out Ben Beacon over on the Locked On Wolves podcast as well. He's Tyler Metcalf. I'm Luke Inman. Until next time, signing out. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.